Managing financial aid for students is a common response I get when I ask families about their biggest challenges with the college search. How are we going to be able to afford college? What is the FAFSA and how do you fill it out? I think I filled something wrong out when I completed the FAFSA. Now what do I do? Are there scholarships that we can look into and databases that we can find without just getting a bunch of spam emails? So today we are going to dive into 10 mistakes that you are making when you are looking at financial aid for students. All right. I hope you all are doing well. Um, first, thank you again for everyone who has listened to our podcast. We really hope that it has been helpful for you. If it has, please share the podcast so that others can find us. Also, please leave a review so that we can learn um, and be able to hear from you about what has been helpful, what else you would um, like to hear about as well as um, being able to get the information out to others. So um, please leave a review, share the podcast with friends and family. And then the other thing is don't forget about our free Facebook community where you are actually able to come in. You are able to hear um, from me about different topics. You are able to have conversations. We're going to have free trainings and it's a great place for you to have, um, to be able to ask your questions. So, um, if you search for the confused to college ready podcast group in Facebook, it also is at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash confused to college ready. And I look forward to seeing you in there soon. So one of the things that is such a buzz topic, such an important topic, is how you're going to pay for college. And there was a website, educationdata.org, and they said that 83.8% of first-time, first-year undergraduate students are receiving financial aid in some form. That's a significant amount of students. So that financial aid, that could be scholarships, that could be grants, that could be student loans, that could be Parent PLUS loans. So Financial aid is something that is um, a reality for many, many of our students. When we look at grants and scholarships, those are things that don't have to necessarily be paid back. Scholar the loans, and there are multiple different types of loans. There are federal loans, which are going to have, um, and we'll talk more about this as we get into the episode, but you have federal loans, then there also are personal, private loans, and then there are Parent PLUS loans. So let's talk about these top, um, some of the big 10 mistakes that families are making. So number one is that you are not looking at the common data set of the college to see how many students are getting financial aid from a particular school and what that financial aid looks like. So for those of you that don't know, the common data set is something that every college puts together. It is something where our schools, um, they are providing information about in anything from the number of applicants that they had to the number of students in a given major. It is looking at financial aid, how many students are getting scholarships versus grants versus loans, work study. Um, 
And then everything in between, demographics of, in general, of students that have been admitted, how many students were waitlisted, how many were deferred. That common data set can really help you to know what are the expectations for a particular college. You can find information on test scores, information on average incoming GPA, all of those different pieces. Common data set can tell you a lot about a particular school. So when you are looking at, okay, we know that as a family, we can expect that we're going to have this much to be able to help contribute. And so we need to know, are we going to get merit-based aid, which is aid based on a student's test scores and GPA class ranking? Are we going to get need-based aid, which is where the family is in a financial place where they would not be able to help support the student in paying for college. And so the institution is going to grant them need-based aid. Um, or are there other kinds of, um, you're looking at any other kinds of scholarships, grants, anything like that. So that common data set can be incredibly helpful as you are looking at what you might expect for the different students. Did the college give any kind of merit-based or need-based aid? Or is that something where you might know going into applying to that particular institution, that college or university, that that's not something that you can expect? Um, the other thing is every college should have a net price calculator that is on their college website. And so that is something that is also incredibly important for you all to look at in preparing that college list so that you can know what you might need to pay. The number of students who are applying to colleges, you want to look at what kind of financial aid package um, you might you might be receiving when you have that net price calculator. A frequent thing that happens is that a lot of students that have applied have not looked at that common data set. They haven't looked at that net price calculator to know how much they might be paying. And then they get the information in the mail. They've gotten into that college that was absolutely their dream. And all of a sudden, they realize that they cannot afford to attend because the cost is so high. So this ends up panicking a lot of people. When you know ahead of time, you can have some of those conversations. And we have a podcast episode that we previously um, previously recorded that talks about how to have some of those difficult conversations. And we will link that in the show notes too. The other thing is when you're looking at each individual college, you want to make sure that you look to see if you can, this is a bonus, um, 2.5, let's say, um, but you actually want to see if you can stack scholarships. So that means if you have a certain number of merit-based scholarships and then your student also gets scholarships um, from, say, a local organization, you want to make sure that you can stack scholarships because if not, that could mean that the, the college said they're going to give you $20,000 in scholarships and you end up getting a $5,000 scholarship from a local organization. If the college does not stack scholarships, they're going to take that $5,000 off of the $20,000 that they were going to give you. So you would get $5,000 from the college, or I'm sorry, from the local organization and $15,000 from that college. So that's something that's really important to know. If they do allow you to stack scholarships, then you would get the $20,000 from the college and you would get the $5,000 from the local organization. And I'm making these numbers up. There's no 
um, nothing specific in why I'm using those numbers. It just is something that I'm making up. But then you would have $25,000 for that particular college. Um, so that's something that's important to know too. So looking at that net price calculator and making sure that you are aware of whether you can stack scholarships or not. Number three is that you don't file the FAFSA or you end up filing it really, really late. So you're going to file the FAFSA. It opens on October 1st and you're going to complete that in your student's um, senior year. And what you want to make sure of is that you, you don't necessarily have to do it the first day, but there are a lot of funds that are first come first serve with FAFSA. And when students don't apply for that until January, February, March um, of senior year, then you can end up missing out on some of those potential grants or scholarships or other things um, because you haven't filled out that portion of your financial aid. So you don't want to wait too long to fill that out. Um, the other thing is some people will say, well, we're not going to qualify for any kind of need based aid anyway, so it doesn't matter. Sometimes those scholarships or grants are not looking at need based, um, information. They are looking at you having completed the FAFSA and that particular scholarship, um, to be able to see if you qualify for that particular scholarship. Um, number four. Some people will assume that because a private college has a higher initial price tag, that it's going to be 100% way too expensive and you can't afford it. A lot of times private colleges actually have additional money that might be from endowments, from other donations, and they can give more money than maybe a public school would be able to give. And so that can help to make those colleges more affordable than public institutions. So don't just assume going into it that the price tag on this looks really high. You can look at that, um, just like we talked about in number two, look at that net price calculator to see what, um, what your potential price might be and know that you might be able to get some additional scholarships above and beyond that would even the price out or make it more a public, um, a private institution more affordable than a public institution. The other thing is um, a lot of the time um, we have families that assume that they're not going to be able to get any kind of additional funding from the school. And you might not. The college, the university, they might not have any additional funding that they can give to you. But it's always worth calling to see if there are any additional endowments, if there are any additional discretionary funds that the school has. Are there any other things that you haven't thought about or any other suggestions that they have so that you can see if there is any additional money. It might be that your student's GPA raised slightly from the time that you sent in your initial, um, your initial transcripts, maybe you're, and especially if your student is on block scheduling, if that GPA raised some in, um, in January uh, when first semester was done and now your student's GPA is going to qualify them for a higher level of scholarship. So it is absolutely worth calling and asking questions, being able to find out, is there anything else that can be done? The worst that's going to happen is they're going to tell you, no, we do not have any additional money to be able to give you. The But in a 
best case scenario, they would have some additional funding that you can get. Um, number six, a lot of people believe that students can only get scholarships when they are a senior in high school. And that is actually not true. There are a lot of different scholarship opportunities that are available to students as you, um, as you are in your early on in high school, even in junior year and, um, going, then going into the summer and going into senior year. One of the things that you um, we is an amazing opportunity. College Board actually has, it's called their Opportunity Scholarship. And this is something that is open to juniors and seniors. And at different points throughout your junior year and senior year, they have tasks that students can complete and students will be identified um, and entered into a drawing for those particular scholarships just solely based on completing tasks when they're logged into their College Board account. This can be things like studying for the SAT when you sync your account with College Board to an account with Khan Academy. They're going to enter you into a, a free drawing. There are six or seven different tasks that students can complete. And it actually, if you do all of those, the micro scholarships of $500 to $1,000, if students complete all six or seven of those tasks, they will get entered into a drawing for a much larger I think it's close to $40,000, I believe. Um, so that's an amazing opportunity as well. And there are other things that students can do and search for um, prior to that summer before senior year. A, another little bonus tip, one of the things that I would encourage students to do is to get a lot of the application pieces done early in the um, late spring and into the summer of their junior year. And then you can spend some more time in the summer before and in senior year to apply for additional scholarships. And then here's another bonus tip. I would strongly encourage you to make sure that your student is saving any kind of essays or papers that they write for any of their classes. Because if for some reason they end up finding something in, um, they end up finding something in one of their essays that could lead to them just changing it a little bit and tweaking it for the needs of a scholarship. The majority of the students that I work with, they are much more likely to do that and to complete that scholarship essay or the scholarship application if they already have some things that are there. Um, the other, so number seven, you, the, the common mistake that we see is that people believe they only can get scholarships based on grades. And that is just not true. There are a lot of reasons that students can get scholarships. It might be based on talent, whether that be musical ability, whether that be artistic, athletic, um, skills, whether that be, um, an activity or club that a student was part of that they, are able to enter into a drawing or complete an application. Some applications for scholarships are essay-based. Others might be just that a student says, yep, you know what, I am going to commit to not drink and drive, and I am going to complete this application. Some might be just filling out some of those simple pieces, um, but there are a lot of different scholarships that are available. 
Number eight, not every single scholarship is going to be a good fit. Students don't need to apply to every single possible scholarship. They want to find the ones that are a good fit for them as an individual that speak to their individual unique strengths and ones that they are going to be able to enjoy the process of completing it because if it's not something that they're going to enjoy or something that they feel like is a good fit, it's going to be a whole lot harder for them to complete that application. Number nine is only focusing on large scholarships. There could be a lot of, I mentioned it earlier, micro scholarships, something for $500, $1,000. That can be the cost of some books. That can be the cost of um, you know, some smaller portion of what a student needs, but some of those smaller scholarships can really add up. There might be local organizations, parent employers, local government, churches or religious organizations. It could be through a school or some type of foundation. There are a lot of opportunities for scholarships. There are also different scholarship search databases um, that students can enroll in to be notified of scholarships that are coming. So there are a lot of opportunities. Um, and then number 10, one of the, the final mistake for today that we see is not knowing the different terminology and the implications of different kinds of loans. So we talked a lot about scholarships and grants. Another component to that financial aid is going to be different loans. So there are private loans, there are federal loans, there are bank loans, and the type of loans that students take also make a really big difference in the amount of um, interest that they might be paying, the amount of flexibility with deferments or with when payments are going to start. And you really want to have some pretty strong conversations as a family to see what exactly is it that you want to um what are some of the parameters as far as paying for school and being aware of if we take this amount of money out, what kind of debt is the student looking at or are the parents looking at when the student completes school as well as what is their potential income going to be when they graduate. And so making sure that we are setting our students up to be in a great place. Um, so those are our top 10 um, mistakes that families, I have seen families make as they are, looking at how to manage financial aid for their students. If this has been helpful for you, please, again, we would love if you would share our podcast. Um, I know that this was a lot of information. If you have additional questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I am even happy to set up some coaching sessions with you to discuss this in more detail. And for the students that work with me, we do have a lot of additional resources to be able to help you navigate those next steps. And um, But if you enjoyed this, please share it. Leave us a review. And we also would love if you would join us in our Facebook group. That's a great place to be able to ask additional questions. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.